0: So what are you waiting for? Let's get Ready to Thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. This is the final episode of this mini-series on Thriver stories. And while today's conversation, we don't talk as much about what Dawn has really come through, you get the chance to read more of that in her book. Uh, She talks about her really difficult childhood. And some of the things that happened in her family of origin. She talks about her fiance really being um, killed in front of her. And so she has some really hard places of trauma and pain that she has walked through. Um, and in today's episode, we talk about what it looks like to find peace, what it looks like to face those things and come to a place of having a deep soul soul. Rest. And so much of even what Dawn wrote in her book, I found I was writing very similar things in my book, Tangled. And so immediately I was like, Dawn and I are, we're soul sisters talking about soul care. And so my hope for you in this episode is that you will have some aha moments as you listen and um, just become aware of things that maybe in your own life you either have avoided, haven't dealt with, um, and maybe by turning to face those things with Jesus you will be able to experience peace and freedom that comes through him and that's also what i talk about in my tangled course it is becoming aware of what are the things that are actually going on in our heart what are the things that maybe we've we've stuffed down for a really long time because they weren't that big a deal but then as we actually turn to face them with Jesus, and he uproots those things and frees us from those things, we actually begin to realize those things were hindering us. They were keeping us from a place of deep joy and deep peace. And so my Tangle course is available through my website, JacquelineWidener.com, as well as a link in the show notes here. Um, and Don and I both have a deep heart for helping you find peace through Jesus, through this process of paying attention to what's going on in your heart and actually turning to face it with him. So enjoy this conversation that I had with Dawn Marasco about her book. And as we look together and have a conversation together about what it looks like to find peace, even in the hard places, listen in. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I'm sitting here with my new friend, Dawn Marasco. She is the author of Continuous Peace, Four Steps to Living the Life of Peace God Intended. Now, Dawn and I have connected through a community we are both part of called Called Creatives. And um, we were talking just beforehand. It really feels like God has given us very similar messages. And that's one thing that I see again and again as I talk with people that um, God will, he will get his message out to his people. And I think the message that we're going to share today really is what does it look like to actually uh, find peace? We all have this deep, deep desire to live at peace. And we, sometimes we start looking for it um, in the ways the world provides. And so what Don and I are going to talk about is what does it actually look like? Um, to go to Jesus, to find the true peace that he offers. So Dawn, welcome to Ready to Thrive. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Um, My name is again, Dawn,
1: and um, I am married for over 30 years, um, which is exciting. And uh, we have four children um, from 15 or actually 16 now to 30. And, um, it's just exciting. It's, it's neat to see your kids grow up and, um, I have some getting married and that's exciting too. totally new stages in life. Um, but parenting was my number one goal. I just wanted to have a family that was intact and, um, Actually, my desire for that came out of a broken place. And so I really wanted something different for my family. And so a lot of um, what I write about is really coming to those uh, places, but it has been a true joy to raising them. And I also love helping women. I love, love teaching women. I've been doing that since uh, for 25 years now. Uh, That's I love, love seeing um, people grab hold of truths and their lives be transformed.
0: Awesome. Well, you did just touch on this, but let's go there. Um, let Take us back a little bit to some of that brokenness and the beginning of your story. Um, you write about um, various parts of your story in your book and um, just some really hard places. And I know there are women listening now who can feel like I've been in really hard places. And um, because of those hard things, things that have been done to me, things that I had no control over, I feel like I've been robbed of peace. And so, tell us a little bit about your story. Mm-hmm. Well, and that is so true. And I think a lot of times we don't
1: realize the things that are robbing our peace. Uh, and for me, that was my uh, story. And when I looked back, and as Bob was healing me, it started with. Um, I was being raised by my mom, who was 16. Um, She was a good mom and an alcoholic 20-year-old dad. And uh, his harshness and abrupt anger, things like that, really caused me at a very young age to really learn how not to trust. And so mistrust was... um, Planted in my heart very early. I remember one of my earliest memories of my dad. We would uh, we were watching uh, at home. We had a uh, football game that was coming on, and I couldn't wait to watch with them. It's the first time I was going to watch, and I remember I pulled up the table, and as we were sitting talking, I just asked my dad. I said, "Well, what color jerseys are we?" And uh, my dad abruptly turned to me and yelled, and I remember taking a moment and just pushing away from the table, looking at his face intently and just saying, I can't trust you. And that was a day I stopped trusting my heart to my dad. And I think I was five to seven. And so when you start off that young of not trust, I did not realize all the things that come with that, but, you know, um, fears, uh, doubt, um, I, rejection, you know, I can't go to him with certain things. Um, I didn't trust him at all. And I did not realize that my mistrust of my earthly father actually caused me to mistrust God and everyone else in my life. So I lived a very fear-filled life. Um, And then as a teenager, you know, my mom did get away, but we were still in his, you know, still seeing my dad on weekends and things. Um, But at at the same point, she never taught me how to be healed. She was too caught up in just living life that she wasn't stopping to get healed. And so I never learned that there could really be healing or that you should heal. And so then I went into my teen years broken and living in that broken life. And then I made bad choices for myself and made the rut even deeper and the wounds in my heart even bigger and um, really just was devastating my own life. I did not realize I was kind of sabotaging myself. And, um, and then at 19, I did meet a guy that, um, I felt for the first time really loved me. And, um, I remember I had broken my collarbone and he would just come over after work and sit with me and, and just sit. <laughs> I said, Why are you here? Like, he's like, I just want to be with you. I couldn't even move my toe without pain. And he didn't gab. I could barely talk. He just wanted to be there. And that's when I realized that he had loved me. It wasn't for anything I could do or what I could, you know, bring to the the relationship. And that was the turning point for me. And we did get engaged. And then very sadly, um, he was murdered in front of me. And so if you take my childhood, you know, mess and all the brokenness with my dad, and then my own mess that I created, and then that loss, I will tell you that fear and anxiety uh, and sorrow just entangled my entire life. And that was, yeah, that that was a tough moment. But I will tell you that our God is faithful, even when we have a broken childhood. And our God is faithful, even when we mess our own life up. And our God is faithful, even when we go through the tragedies of this world and of this life. He's faithful. And, um, one of the ways he was faithful to me was five weeks after, uh, my fiance had died. I walked into my friend's house and, um, we were actually going out drinking. (laughs) She begged me and she's like, please, you never go out. Let's go out. And, um, I reluctantly went and thank the good Lord. She was running late and she was upstairs getting ready. And her mom just sat me down and she's like, I need to know how you are. And um, I just started sharing my heart with her. And uh, she told me, she said, Dawn, there's an emptiness in each one of us that you don't even realize is empty until the Lord fills it. And then I said, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I know I am empty. And um, she started sharing the love of Jesus with me and his faithfulness and how he would meet me right where I was. And I walked, we started to pray. And honestly, I had an encounter with God that literally he filled me with joy, filled me to the point that I had to, I was literally up leaping and jumping for joy. Now, this is what I say about a faithful God. I, he didn't change my circumstances, but he changed me in the midst of them. And I just need to say so many times we're looking for circumstances to change, but God's saying, but I got you, let me change you. Let me walk with you. Let me be your constant companion. And so in that moment, I was leaping and jumping for joy. And it's funny because my friend came downstairs and she said to her mom, what did you do to my friend? Because I was that changed. And um, and she said, I didn't do anything to your friend. God did this. And so there's a real relationship we get to have with God. And honestly, before that, I talked to God all the time. I prayed all the time. And, but I did not know how to have a relationship. I did not know how to hear him. I, I just knew that there was a God, and you know, and I, I, I guess I knew his name was Jesus, but I never really referred to him as Jesus. It was not personal at all. It was just talking to God. Um, but that night everything changed, and I knew I had a Savior now, and I knew that He was in me, and He was going to walk with me, and that, honestly, my life from that day changed. But I'd love to say that, you know, I left her house and that joy continued. And, you know, my life was remarkable after that, but it wasn't. It literally took me nine years as a Christian till I really surrendered the wounded places in my heart to God.
0: Don, I feel like what you shared there is so relatable in the sense that we all both like we have things that have happened to us in our childhood, right? So you share that experience with your dad um, that really do form us. And they really can be these places of pain. And sometimes I say to women, like, I know it sounds silly to, to say, let's go back to our childhood wounds, right? Because it seems very cliche, but it's like, no, we actually have these things that have happened. And you you talk about this, the same language that I always love using um, with my book Tangled, but this idea of things that have been planted in our heart and those things that begin to grow, and I think sometimes we just look at those wounds and those hard things from our past. We say, "Well, that's just that's just how it is. That's that's just how, like what happened, and it's who I am." Not realizing there actually can be healing in those places. And even as you said, you went along and and were kind of self sabotaging. Um, we also all have done those things. So well, there's things that we've done where we're we we may not realize it always. Um, the choices we're making in that and the path we're walking down. Um, and I love that in your book, you lay out so clearly. Um, and again, we can we can read that and say, that is that possible? Like four steps to living the life of peace? What do you mean? Like that sounds too easy or too something, but what you really have done is broken down what does it look like? Like what is actually, what are the things holding us back from peace? And so um, I'd love for you to keep sharing your story of how you went from, yes, I've, you know, I think for many of us, it we get to that place of we've accepted Jesus as our um, savior and we get filled with joy. I love that picture of you um, leaping and dancing and being so filled with joy. Um, but then we kind of can sometimes just stay there and we're like, hey, but these, there's still hard things in my heart. I haven't actually... Um, move from that initial place to growing in that relationship and, um, and dealing with that pain. And so share how that began to happen for you. Yeah. That's so good because I did not realize,
1: but I did accept Christ full wholeheartedly. And, um, but it was as if I added him to my heart. Now I would not have said that, but I had rooms of my heart that were so barricaded off and that would behind those doors were all my pains, sorrows, shame, uh, you know, things that I never wanted to deal with. And so I kept those barricaded off. And I was like, you have full right to go everywhere you want, but just don't go there. Like I don't go there and you're not going there. And it wasn't honestly, I mean, when I say that, it's not like I literally said that to God, but looking back, that's what I was doing like it's off limits. It's off limits. I'm not getting, I'm not going there. And what I found was, you know, I loved God. I was going to church every week. I was reading my Bible. I was, um, you know, really seeking God, but I was a weak Christian because I was only allowing him surface deep. You know, we talk about the soil, he was allowed just a few inches in, that's it, you know, like, oh yeah, plant those little seeds, you know, but to allow him all the way in and to begin to thrive. You know, I have an email or, yeah, as email uh, newsletter, Thrive. You have your podcast, Thrive. I mean, we, that's our desire for, for us all is to thrive. But I wasn't thriving. I did not even know how to thrive. So as a weak Christian, um, I cried out to God all the time. And why was I so weak? Well, fears ruled my life, not God. And so when you have all that mess, and it's hidden and, and you're trying to look the part of a good Christian, but, you know, it's an outward appearance. Um, it really came down to surrender and God just started putting on my heart. I want you to share your full testimony. And I said, no, 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 I'm not doing it. I, I told my answer phones at the church, which I don't know how that could glorify him. You know why that was a, my answer, but I thought, no, I'll do anything else. I, I don't want to give you my no. That meant I had to get healed. And uh, for three days, I just felt him keep prompting my heart. I want you to share your full story. And um, so finally on Friday, it was a Friday and I was at a retreat and I just saw what God was doing in the lives of these women. And I felt him say, and I could basically use you like that because they were holding on to every word of testimony this lady was giving. He said, but you don't, if you'd only let me. You know, what are we holding God back from just by trying to stay stuck? And I, I, I was so afraid of going into those wounded places. I was staying stuck and literally saying no to what God had for me. So that evening, I just gave up all. I said, Lord, here's my past. Here's my present. And it was scary. I mean, Jack, I was shaking and saying these things. And then I said, my present meant that today he could tell me what to do. And that meant my future was in his hands. And that was so scary to me. And so I did though, I surrendered all. And, you know, that is where my journey for peace began. And so surrender, allowing him into all the broken places, whatever it looks like, God, you know, we don't even have to think, what does that look like? How many steps is that going to take? Don't even go there. Just have open hands. In the book, I talk about open hands, open hands and a heart that just says, okay, God, I'm yours. My story, I messed my story up, but Lord somehow make something beautiful of it. And that is what he has done. And actually it took about, I don't know, a few months of me allowing, got into those broken places and he was doing all, you don't go digging. He comes to us and he'll show us, you know, and he'd have me deal with a negative thing that had happened. And, um, it was a few months into that process that I had this really good feeling and it wasn't going away. And so I went up to my pastor and I told him, I said, I have this really good feeling and it's not going away. And, he kind of looked at me funny and he said, "Uh, that's called peace, Dawn. What? I said, that's peace. I said, you mean I can live like this? He said, yes, Dawn, you can live every day like that. And so that sent me on a journey to find that, okay, how did I get this peace? What is going on? And it truly was just working with God and allowing him to heal those broken places.
0: Oh, that's so good. And I, I feel like, I just echo that so much. The um, It's a, allowing God to heal those broken places. I think that's part of it is that we just say, hey, God, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done this? But yet we do keep him a distance. And we do say, yeah, yeah, we're not going there, God. Like you can like that, but we're not. And you talk about having that barricaded heart. And um, I love how you shared having open hands. And I think sometimes our physical posture helps us with this spiritual posture. So when we get on our knees, when we open our hands, there is something that happens where our heart does begin to open up. And when we take that time to say, hey, I'm just going to be quiet. Um, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to be, um..." I often talk about this pet peeve I have with my kids where they, the three girls, they run up to me and they have so many demands and requests and they're asking me and they're they're very, very urgent. Um, I just came home from a day away and I, I, I literally pulled in into the driveway and three girls ran up to me and I kid you not, about 20 requests. Mom, can we go to the corner store? Mom, can we have ice cream? Mom, can we have this? And I've got my bags in my hand. And as I pause to respond to them, like to think about how, I'm, how am I going to answer this? Because I need, I need a second answer. Sometimes they've changed the subject. Sometimes they've just laughed. And I think sometimes that's the case with us and God. Like we go to him, we're like, I'm so worried about this. I've got this concern. And then we just leave. Like we don't actually take that time to linger and say like, what, what do you want to say to my heart? And whether it's just busyness, we haven't created that space or that time, or whether we are afraid, sometimes we're afraid of, what is he going to bring up? What is he going to say? And um, I love to share with women that, you know, sometimes – There are hard things that come up, but they're not for condemnation. God's not coming at us to shame us. It is for our freedom. And so sometimes if something gets brought up that's like, ooh, that, God, you're bringing up that I've been ignoring my kids, or you're bringing up that I said, you know, this awful thing, or you're bringing up this painful moment from the past or this broken relationship or this something not to shame me, but to free me. And so um, I think that's what Dawn is sharing there, that that surprising feeling of peace um, comes when we meet with him, when we are able to go through those hard things and, and it's for our freedom. So I know now, I have the muscle memory now that when those things come, because they still come, right? I, I still do things. There's still things that come at me in the world. I know what to do. I know that it is, it's painful sometimes to go through that process of leaning in. Ooh, you're right. God, like there's, there's something in my life that is off that, you know, I need to reconcile. Um, There's someone I need to forgive. There's a hard conversation I need to have, whatever those things are. It's for our freedom and for that peace that you were talking about. Now you I want to dive into the four steps you have in your book uh, because I think they're so you lay them out so clearly and practically and again, having gone through this process um, with God, I can see how how easy it would be for somebody to read this and to kind of you know follow along and and do this in their own life. So, can you just share with me what the four steps are and kind of break them down a little bit? Sure. So I'm going to back up for one second.
1: When I was talking about having the peace, I also realized I could forfeit that peace. And that's kind of the process that you were just describing. Like all of a sudden you're going through something and you realize, Oh my goodness, I, this, or I did that, or I didn't do this or that. And, um, or something from the past reminds you of the past. And so then I walk you through in the book too, recognizing what it feels like when you do lose your peace, because most of us don't even recognize that. And so, in that, um, yeah, there's a, a little, uh, you know, questions I have for you. But once I would recognize that I lost my peace, so um, then I would, so that step one is recognize, okay. Um, then I would take it to God and say, "What just happened?" So can I give you a little? Uh, <clears throat> so when I was new in this, uh, walk, uh, I had peace and I was knowing I could very easily forfeit it. And so I was very careful of like, what was just happening. And so I was cooking dinner and I was listening to something, you know, a teaching of, on the radio. And as I was cooking dinner, I felt my peace leave. And when I say my peace left, I mean, I was filled with fear. And so I immediately turned off the stove and I ran into my living room and I uh, knelt down at my couch and I just started praying to God. And I said, Lord, what has just happened? I lost my peace. What happened? And at that point, I felt Him say, it was a thought. And I thought, a thought? A thought, God? Yes, a thought. Well, what thought? And then I thought back and it is pathetic that I was so bound by fear and so easily deterred by these thoughts. But the thought was something bad could happen to your kids. It wasn't specific It is could. And that was enough, Jacqueline, to make me run, drop my peace. And I, in the book, I talk about the pillows of peace and faith and the pillows of fear and doubt. And we choose whether we're going to hold on to peace. And while I was cooking dinner, I had peace. And I was absolutely fine. But then I dropped it for the fear, held onto the fear pillow and I ran and I told God, well, that's true. This is the, this is the thought, but God, I'm so far from you now. I believed it. I've run with that thought. That thought has taken me so far away from your peace and your grace. I, I don't know if I can come back, how I can come back. And he said, Turn. And again, it's like pick dropping the fear pillow. It's so hard because we believe it, we feel it. It feels like it's real and just holding on to our faith and saying, no, I believe. And he said, and I'm like, well, how do I come back? And he's like, trust me, just tell me you trust me. And that's at open hands, right? With everything that we love and with what, you know, he has entrusted to us. We open our hands back and entrust it back to him. And so I walked back with him and, and I told him, I'm not, I am not getting up until I have your peace again. And, you know, thank God he brings us back quite quickly. And, you know, we all ate dinner that night, which is good. (laughs) So,
0: well, and I want to just share there that that is something for, okay. I want to share a few things, but one, I want to share that you were living in a place of peace and you pause and said, Hey, what just happened? And I think for each person, you can be this investigator of your peace and say, oh, what just happened there? And for me, I went through a very similar season where I had experienced this lightness and this freedom and this peace. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. I have i think I was, um, I don't know, 36 or 37 at the time, strong Christian my whole life. And I was like, I've never, ever experienced freedom and peace like this. I want to keep it. I don't want anything to take it away. And I would have these moments where something would, and i be, that's where my book Tangled came from. Cause I began to realize what just happened here. And I would sit with God and I began to realize, I was like, oh, it was gossip. I started like, and very, um, there, I think Christian gossip is interesting where it's kind of like a, how is that person? And Oh yeah. And you know, you're, I'm concerned. And so it was stuff like that, or it was complaining and it was things that I started to participate with my words. And I went, Oh, I'm now I feel like I opened a door to anxiety. I feel like I opened a door to self pity or whatever the things might be. And so I really began to guard my heart in that way. And what you were saying about the, the thoughts and really learning how to take thoughts captive, and be able to slam the door on those thoughts and say, like, you're not true. And what I've said to um, women many times is that when we learn to do this, in the daytime, it can feel sometimes, especially if thoughts have been bombarding you, it can feel like a lot and it's like a muscle you have to develop like going to the gym where you're like, okay, it feels like a lot and I feel overwhelmed, but continuing to do that, you will get stronger. And what I have found is then when it comes to nighttime, when those thoughts come to bombard you, you actually have the strength and the skills to be able to say, that's, that's not true. And you can slam the door on that thought and go back to sleep because I know so many women are not only bombarded and their peace is robbed in the day, but also at night. And so learning to do this has been, I now have slept deeply for the first time for sure in my adult life. I don't know how I slept as a kid, but um, I, I never used to be able to sleep. And now that I've been able to surrender do this, you know, heart work and, um, slam the door on those thoughts. I'm able to sleep deeply, which is more of that peace. I think, you know, God is wanting to, to give us. And the enemy is really just wanting to steal all the time, steal our peace. And, and I love that you said that with the thoughts. So, um, keep going with where you were at with, with your journey.
1: Um, one of the, the I'm kind of looking at two things that you said. The, yeah. Yeah, the one thing that you just said, though, is even now, you know, because I do keep my peace, I, I am constantly recognizing, you know, where it is. If I didn't lose, if I have lost it, I'm like, OK, or if I'm about to lose it, because now it's not usually like an immediate lose your peace. It's like maybe, you know, it's wanes, and you're like, OK, wait, what is going on? What are the thoughts that are coming right now that I need to look at? And sometimes it's so subtle. We don't realize we just didn't. And grab and hold it captive and so we allow it to sit A big one i have seven obstacles in the book and uh one of the main obstacles that most people uh battle with is not able or not enough i just feel like i'm not able i just feel like i'm not enough and so when we look at that it has stopped us from so many things when we start to look and i i show you in the in the book i talk about the obstacles and then i give you a description of what each of those obstacles Uh, what they mean, how that may, how you might be feeling. And then I um, give you some of the lies such as like a lie of not enough, maybe like you are not able to do that. You will fail. You are a failure. I mean, it can go from so little to so quick, you know, to just take your knees out. And then maybe you thought, well, everyone's better than you. And I just met with a person yesterday that I was praying for And she said, when she was in her, a new Christian in her twenties, a lady said to her, you probably shouldn't show up for this meeting anymore. Cause you don't pray well. And it shocked me. And I just began to cry. And I said, Oh no, no, we need to release that. And that's my step too. Like you recognize it. And then we recognized like how that stopped her and the lies, you're not able, you're not enough. You don't pray well enough. Don't open your mouth. She said, there was multiple times in our meeting yesterday that she wanted to say something. And she said, I did not because, right? She said, I, I'm good enough. I didn't know what I was gonna say. What if I messed up? And so we did, we prayed and we released that. And we, we, I said, be honest. And it was amazing that in the midst of that, she said, I think I need to forgive her. And boy, could you feel the power of God come in through that prayer when she's like, I need to forgive her for that. And, um, and so then I actually had her pray. I said, well, why don't you pray that? And she just looked at me shocked. And I said, you got this. And she did. And you know, we we're breaking these, I'll call them chains, you know, thing, negative things that people have spoken about. They're lies. I'm sorry. She was a young Christian. She was developing. We're all developing. We're all on a journey. Don't listen to the negative things that people have said. And when they do, I'm telling you in step two, I will walk you through how to recognize one, what they were, but all, what the lies were. Cause a lot of times we don't even recognize them as lies, but in step two, we will release them. And I give you prompts too, like, God, this is what happened. This is how I felt. This is how I still feel. And then I just walk you through that promise because sometimes we're like, okay, release it to God. How? Well, I walk you through that because I want you to be real with God. You know, I think so many times we think Christian means perfect. That's a laughable joke. Christian usually means most broken, (laughs) you know, like most open to God, but most also broken, that we came from brokenness. And so he is a breath of fresh air in our lives, you know. And so we are all a work in progress, no matter if you are Christian from a young age, coming all the way up, we're still a work in progress. And I just say celebrate where you are, enjoy this journey. Don't look back in condemnation. That's never God's plan. You know, fears. If you notice fears and doubts in your life, or um, maybe a weak relationship with God, talk to him about it. Lord, I hate this in my life. This is so, you know, crippling me, or it's it's such a common part of my life. I don't want this. Well, guess what? He's a good God, and he lives in us, and he will walk with us, and he will lead us and guide us. And so that's what I find in the whole book. I just walk you through how to do that. And then um, I love step three because then we reprogram. And that's what we did with that lady last night. And I was like, no, this is the truth. And we just started putting some of those good truths in there. And um, yeah, he's a good guy.
0: Well, I I love that you um, said, basically, we're going to start off recognizing the lies and that we don't always recognize them. And you used the word subtle a little while back. And I thought, you know, in Genesis, when it talks about the serpent, and it says he's cunning and crafty. And one of the definitions, if you look at the Hebrew, is the word subtle. And I think that's part of it is that these lies come. And sometimes there's a little bit of truth, right? And so I think that's part of it is that what he was saying to Eve, it's like, oh, there can be like a little bit of truth in it, and it just gets twisted and planted. And so we we get these lies that have been planted and they become part of our identity. They become um, things that hold us back. They write something someone said, and it's funny because you were, you were um, talking about this and I thought I had just been at this women's weekend and it was a very small group and we're worshiping for the first time in like 14 months. And where I was standing was with, we're, we're all set like spaced out from each other. And I happened to be near some women who none of us, I don't think, were very loud or strong singers. And so what I have missed is being close to people in worship who are so loud, the music is so loud. I sing as loud as I can. And I'm like confident no one can hear me. And as I was, you know, trying to sing, I heard this um, phrase from a woman when I was probably like 18 or 19. And she said, she looked over at me and we were leading a, um, a young life group. She goes, Oh, you really can't sing. Hey, like you really Um, and kind of this confirmation of what I had already known that that is not a gift of mine. I'm not leading worship, but even now, you know, 20 years later, I'm, I'm at this place where the thing I've longed for the most in the last 14 months is to worship with women. And it's still, you know, this lie that's holding me back that I'm going to, as I open my mouth, it's actually, it's not that I care, but it's that I'm like, I don't want other people to, I don't want to wreck their, their experience by hearing me. And so, you know, sometimes we have these, these subtle things, these things that have been spoken over us and they, they hold us back. And so actually it was later on in the weekend, I had moved to another place where there was it was a bit louder, some strong. And I, I really also just got into a place where I no longer allowed that to hold me back. And I realized that was again, this place of freedom where um, I was like, oh yeah, like this is, I'm free to be who I've been created to be free, to worship free. And that's where these lies do hold us back. I think from being fully who God has created us to be wholeheartedly wholeheartedly yes and I know
1: for me the life I was as a Christian for those first nine years and who I was starting in those first three years of him really getting in healing up that what I've you know chosen you know I really can't wait to you know get in and, and heal all that I don't know but if he wasn't pushing me to, but I'm telling you, I wouldn't be who I am today without it, and I wouldn't be helping anyone without it. And if I was, it would be so as superficial as I was keeping him as as superficial as I would be allowing uh, anyone else to be helped through through me. And so I'm going to say something that I just feel so so strong about is that we're always so afraid of the the past baggage that we carry and the um, which I do call we carried as a backpack, which is a good part of the book too, but it is heavy and it and it weights in my backpack. I thought was camouflage. I thought no one else could see it, but everyone else could see it. But as I release each one of those issues that were in that backpack to God, to the depths that I needed Him was to the depths that I found Him. I am telling you, in my worst sin, I found His depth, the depth of His love, and my brokenness. I found compassion. And so when I talk to other people, I now have, let's call it a, you know, quote unquote toolbox gifts to share with them of going, oh my goodness. And they don't even have to share their full story, just even a littlest bit. And because I've been so many, place is broken. Also I can pull from that and give them so much different encouragement or whatever. And so we think that nothing good comes out of that, but I'm telling you being healed is one of the best gifts we can give to others and to ourselves. When we allow God to meet us in those broken places and we say, okay, God, and I told him, I can't do this. You have to do it. And then we trust him and he does it. Oh, the love that we have for him and the love and the that we know we're loved, we're seen as we are, we're loved as we are. He doesn't tell us to clean ourselves up and then come. He says come as you are. Allow me and you I mean he is my best friend and he can be our best friend even though he's our father. You know, he's like it, it's the best relationship we get to have. And so I am so thankful for that. And I just want to encourage people that we think the past is the worst, but I'm telling you God, and it's like that Psalm 61, right? Or Isaiah 61 beauty for ashes, uh, joy for mourning. That is really who he is. And I love, I think it's in verse four, it says, creating us to be oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. See, when I was so broken, I had to keep reading 61. I had to keep reading that. You're going to turn this sorrow into joy, God. You're going to turn this brokenness into beauty. Really, these ashes, this shame, you're going to turn into something beautiful. He said, not only are I trying to something beautiful, I'm going to plant you as my planting to display my splendor. And I feel you have mostly women listening, ladies, trust them. Let him plant you. It's a display of his splendor. Why? Because of what he does in us is such a great healing. We then can give it away. And I don't know. It's just the awesome journey we get to have.
0: Well, I think to like you, just to touch on that for a minute, it's, um, I think one reason I feel so called to women and their healing is that when we can really deal, get healed, fully healed and deal with this, sometimes I call just this like junk in our heart, we then are able to naturally, we go out and we give it to others. It's too... Our spouse, to our kids, to our friends. And so often we live in this place of really survival. It's, it, and it's this place of, um, it will always be this way. This is just who I am. And I think, again, those are lies that keep us stuck. And sometimes as very busy moms and women, we we don't actually take the time because we're so busy Caring for other people, doing all the things, and sometimes we can have that feeling of it's it's selfish or guilty. To what does it look like for me to um, to go go off and maybe even spend this time with Jesus? Like it it doesn't really make sense in our current um, model of how we live our lives. And um, for me, this season of healing was uh, my husband had. said to me, I'm going to give you this one day a week. And it was, I was in a place that I had been um, coming out of a really hard season and God had really pulled me, he'd really pulled me up out of the pit. But then it's like, I have pulled you up and I still have, there's still more to do, right? Like it's almost like these, we're going to, I talk about it as these weeds in a garden and he's, he's like, we're not actually taking care of all the weeds at once. We're just going to, he's very gentle. We're going to take care of this thing and this thing. And so my husband said to me, you can't have any appointments. You can't do any errands. This is just whatever is going to care for your soul. And so I started going for these walks and, and it was a season where I, I really wasn't even meeting with any friends. It was kind of a lonely season in some ways, but I went for these walks with God and he continued to bring these things up to the surface. And we had the space to, um, to really go, turn and face them together and it was this place of um, recognizing paying attention and healing and so as you go spend that time you then are able to say so this is Dawn's story this is my story and, and we might be doing this in a more public way but, but even in your own home and in that season I think my oldest daughter was five And I began to say to her, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was so angry, I'm sorry, I was like, there were so many things that I was um, not living in a healthy place. And so I was like, mom, mom's different now, right? And I I needed to express that to her because I knew God was doing a deep work inside of me. But um, things were going to change in our home and they did over time not that there aren't still moments where mom gets mad um but that's why I think this you know if you're that woman listening who feels like I feel too far gone I feel like my hurt is too much I feel like you don't know the story or the pain or um that really this um it's always an invitation from him and as I was looking at um, the cover of Dawn's book, she actually has a beautiful invitation to the beach. I was thinking, even this summer, um, as we tend to, it's a different rhythm. We have sometimes a little more time on our hands from some of the hustle and bustle. This is actually a great time to to go through this process. And you can pick up um, Dawn's book on Amazon, I assume. Um, and... Um, this would be a great time to just look through this and say, "Hey, what? Where are the places in my heart that need healing? What would it look like to pursue this peace?"
1: Can I add something? So, and our, you know, we've gone through the three steps, and a lot of times for the hearers, you know, readers or people that I'm, you know, teaching. A lot of time it isn't until the fourth step because they are Christians and they do have peace and, and they understand like the, the first three steps, but in the fourth step is where they really are blessed also, because that's where the abundant life is um, developed. And so I take you from, you know, maybe not even realizing what's robbing your peace. And actually I have a quiz out that I created because it is hard to know what is robbing our peace. And it's at dawnmarasco.com slash quiz. And, um, that helps us and you just, it's a two minute quiz, but it helps us to find out what is the, uh, places that are robbing me. And then, um, you know, I'll walk you through that, but, and that's last step. We all want to have that abundant life. That is what comes out of being healed. Whether it's from a today issue that I just, I'm not good at. Or I'm seeing, I'm getting, you know, my pieces being robbed daily just with regular everyday life, or, um, you know, with our past needing to be dealt with. But in that last step is where I actually put all the steps together and I actually talk about um, a loss with my brother that will walk you through how these four steps are what I use every day. So I have used them. I use them every day. They're just a part of my almost DNA now because they have helped me so much. So um, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I just encourage you if you want a deeper walk, that's one of the things that I desperately, my goal for writing this book is that we have a deeper walk with God that we don't just settle with a cup half full. I want it all, Lord. I want the overflow. And so that is um, just the end of the book too. <laughs> Well,
0: Dawn, thank you so much for sharing some of your story on here and even sharing um, about these steps. And um, there's more that I want to, I want to cover. And we're, we're getting close to being out of time. Um, Is there anything else you would just say to the woman who feels like, Dawn, I, I don't know what you mean by peace. Like I've lived every day of my life with the the low lying hum of anxiety, or just, uh, it kind of feels like this, it feels like what you're saying is nice for you. I don't know if I can get there. What would you say to that woman who's just really even feeling hopeless in that search for peace? Well, I hate to bring it back to my book. I really, really do. But it
1: is such an easy, um, little tiny micro steps at looking at what a problem could be, or what is robbing our peace that I feel like just because I've taught this as in groups, I see this happening to people that they're like, Oh, one guy came into my group and he's like, Oh, I have peace. It's no problem. And then he like, I had no idea really the areas I didn't have peace. And so, and then his life is so much, you know, richer, but for that person, let me just say that God sees you, he knows you, he loves you. He's going to meet you right where you are. And it's the first thing starts with a cry out to God. God, help me. I want more. I want more. I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to, You know, a a cup half filled. Yeah, it's half filled. And that's good. And it can quench my thirst. But Lord, I know there's more and I want more. And I have found that when the Bible says cry out, I mean, I have cried out literal tears and I talk a lot about that in the book, but just really crying out to God and say, I want more of you. And I want to press in, take me in, teach me Lord. And that just that willing heart to just, I want to walk with you. I want that walk. And, um, and to realize it's a journey, it's not an overnight, you know, event, but it starts in a moment. It starts with just saying, I'm ready, Lord, take me in. And I do believe that the book just walks us through the 101 to how to have that. And the quiz will help, you know, the book without the quiz does the same, but the quiz helps to get it quick and uh, just see what is robbing our peace. And I don't know, once you start to feel the peace, you're going to want to guard it.
0: (laughs) Totally. And I, you know, it's interesting because you were sharing about that, that man who's like, I think I have peace, but I think what I have found is that sometimes we get so used to actually kind of adapting to the quirks and the pain and the things that we actually do different things in our life. And so there was one thing you mentioned in the book about how with your um, boys wrestling, you really felt this sense of anxiousness and, and being triggered by it. And I was thinking about how, because it what it did was point to this pain in your past. And I thought, how often as adults, as parents. There's certain things that happen and we we have these adjustments, like it makes us feel uncomfortable, but we do something often to uh, adjust, to modify, to kind of make it through that without realizing we don't have to live that way. There actually can be freedom. And so I love that you share very practical things in the book. and um, And that's where there might be somebody who, again, is like, I think i'm doing okay like that can be such a great christian response like like, god's good these things are happening but this is an invitation i would say to more a deeper place of peace where it's like yeah that that thing that you're experiencing that's uncomfortable that's actually pointing you to the place that god um, wants to do a work in your heart yes so i love that yes Yes. I agree wholeheartedly.
1: (laughs) And, and we're never sad that he does. It's like, how did I live with that? Why did I live with it like that? Why? And I just, my answer is I don't think we realize we don't realize and, and we don't realize that it's affecting us, you know, but God's faithful. He is faithful. Yeah.
0: Well, I I know for myself, um, even going back to that thought that you shared earlier about my kids or your kids, um, something bad could happen to them and I think for me that was a lot of my early motherhood just being paralyzed in fear and anxiety and uh, it doesn't mean those thoughts don't still come but what does it look like to fully surrender even as I had gone on this um, weekend away it was a few days beforehand that I felt like the enemy came at me again he's like hey while you're gone here's what's going to happen to your kids and so it started off in this place of like middle of the night thoughts and um, they are loud and they um, seem to have some truth to them, right? And so I think the hard thing is that like, yeah, something could, right? Like you, I, I'm actually not in control. And so for me, again, it was that process of fully surrendering, opening my hands and saying, I, I'm not in control. I don't know what's going to happen, but God, I give you and naming each one of my kids Naming my husband, my life. And being in that place of open hands, it doesn't mean hard things don't come our way. But I am when I have opened my hands to him, my hands are open to receive his peace. Amen. And I think that's what's shocking.
1: We think it's so vulnerable to open our hands, but that's where blessing is found. And you know, Jesus is our example. Not my will, Lord, but your will. He opened his hands to God, you know here I, I, this is what i want but not my will your will be done and um we talk about in the book i talk about the icy hill it follows the open hands and that was my walk when god really got a hold of my heart to show me really how to when those thoughts come or when real situations come how how do you walk this out and keep his peace and that was um a, a valuable uh, lesson i learned on that icy hill
0: so good well well, Don, where can people find you and um, tell me again where people can find your book and your quiz. Okay.
1: So Don Marasco, my name, dot com is where all the stuff is found. <laughs> so I have a media page, so that would be slash media and you can see other, you know, uh, interviews, but I also have slash quiz. So Dawn slash quiz. Um, I also, you can buy, I have a through the quiz, but there's also a buy too. So I love journeying with someone else. And so I have a special right now that if you journey with a friend or a spouse, which is where I'm, I really love. um, But either way, I really believe as you're working through some of the the fears that you have, and you share them even like with a friend or a spouse, it just goes deeper. And then you have someone to, you know, walk with you and pray for you and uh, really hold each other um, accountable, but also like in a, in a good way of, Like, how are you doing kind of thing, but I'll give you a free download and it is a 42 page, um, workbook journal that goes along with the book because the workbook, I mean, my book is my story and I walk you through the steps, but I I allow it to be your story. And there's lots of places for you to write in and, and just allow this to be your journey. And so, um, that, uh, free download is when you buy two. So that would be donmarasco.com. Slash buy two B U Y number two, and then you would buy two off of my publisher, and then um, come back and and uh, get your download. And so I'm just hoping that that helps people to journey through the book together, because my whole hope is that we really come to a place of freedom. You know, it's for freedom that. Christ died. And so freedom and just that joy and peace that we can live in. Um, and then on my socials, it's the Don Morasco or Insta that's at Facebook. And then Insta is at the Don Morasco. So I would love to chat with anyone. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, thank you, Don. It's been such a pleasure to have you. And I trust this has helped people move one step closer to thriving. Can I just say thank you for listening? This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe, but I am going to ask if while you were listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right. And I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something. But when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.